Dear Harry, guess what? I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams, but I haven't forgotten our deal. Here's that postcard I promised you. I bet you thought you'd never get it, huh? Your friend forever, Nathan. How do you like that? Promised me a postcard, then he sent me a postcard. Kid has integrity. GIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. TGIF, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour of a Friday. Glad to have you with us. And once again, and as always, glad to be working with bad boy Benny Mathers at the board. How are you doing today, Benny? Doing awesome. And hello back to you, to my favorite Floridians. And as Suzanne always likes to ask, and how many Floridians do you actually know? (laughs) Actually, I know another one. So hot. So now it's up to three. (laughs) listen you know it doesn't it doesn't count for you to say you know an extra floridian because you threw a cup full of ice at tom brady (laughs) and from the 300 level (laughs) where the seahawks play wow that's a good aim buddy no we're just happy to be here again uh looking toward mother's day you know it's just it's mom's day coming up you know that's that's a celebration of the divine feminine, as some of us like to call it. And we certainly look forward to that. Today, we have visit number two. Number two. From the great Ruta Lee, extraordinary lady, uh, large screen, small screen. If there's some acting and humor to be done with class, with glamour, she's your gal. And she is going to be on the phone here with us today. We're going to talk over the balance of this hour about her wonderful career, a book she has written, a memoir, and also her perspective on the entertainment industry then and now. Ruta Lee, whose filmography and TV credits trace a glamorous timeline of film and TV culture in the middle decades of the 20th century and is still celebrated in the 21st. Yes, Ruta Lee is essential Hollywood. From classic to contemporary, she has made her elegant mark. Ms. Lee, I say she has made her elegant mark. Now, Ms. Lee has published her memoirs entitled Consider Your Ass Kissed. (laughs) (laughs) The book is, see, she's got a sense of humor. That's Oh, yeah. The book is a treasure trove of wonderful stories and anecdotes with rare firsthand authentic memories of the entertainment industry, what a lot of people would say the golden age and with much justification. We're delighted to have you with us once again. Ruta Lee, welcome. I'm so happy to be with you both and all your wonderful listeners. Uh, and, and may I say, can I book you here and now to do my obituary when the time comes? Because that sure, was the I'll... most beautiful <laughs> remark ever made. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I want you to get ready for another compliment, so just sit back here. Gary and I interviewed you almost to the day, a year ago for the first time. It was May 14, 2021, and so it's been just about a year. You've been on our minds before now, but we we said, oh, gosh, we, we really want to talk to her again. In our first interview, what Gary and I really got from it um, Rudely is that you're very much of a trailblazer considering the career decisions that you made when you were doing uh, live entertainment, uh, 
movies, from movies to television, and then more specifically to game shows, and then moving into what you called a very lucrative time with the Home Shopping Network, and then finally your book, your memoir. And Gary and I were commenting to each other this morning how you actually anticipated where things were going in your career in such a way that you got there first and other people followed you. Do you have that sense yourself about that's how it went? Suzanne, my darling friend, I'm not sure whether the decision is mine or whether it's God's, but there was obviously a guardian angel tapping me on the shoulder saying, you know, take that step or do this, all of which worked out to be of great benefit to me, not only career-wise, but financially, which of course helps sustain you so that you can eat and drink and and be uh, housed and, and clothed while you're attempting to, to run a life in show business, which is not the easiest business to pick. But I must right. say that we get more laughs in show business than you would get in selling insurance or cars. That's for sure. <laughs> well, let's let's check out that that uh, assumption there, Ruta, because Suzanne's father was one of the best known and most successful State Farm insurance salesmen in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him. And he had a sense of humor. Yeah, and he had a sense of humor too. So. Oh yeah, as painful as show business is. Uh, because you you really have to become very accustomed and accept rejection, 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 because for every one job, I think you have to go on either 50 auditions or 50 no's, you know? Uh, And so it's tough, but, oh, God, when you're working and when you're sitting around with people that have been in the business for a while, which is what I think is so missing in our business today, that's something to talk about in the in the context of where the entertainment industry now is now and also what you did or perhaps didn't go through we all like to talk about the lucky breaks and we handle the tough ones as they come along just to treat it as a simple matter though ruta where you at a point where you notified or did you have the opportunity to say i would love to work on such and such show in this movie on this tv program and be able to make your availability based on offer only how many when did you get to say goodbye to screen tests or did you i think i got pretty much early in the business uh, because the ladies and gentlemen that were casting directors and i say that with the, the big c casting and d directors they knew their business They went to little theaters and saw people work. They saw obscure little films. They saw television every night, and they saw who was coming up and who was doing a job. And after one or two jobs that worked out for me, I didn't have to audition anymore. Uh, I would get a call, you know, because there were maybe five or six of us that were the sort of leading ladies that were mostly accepted in television, and it depended on whether it called for a blonde, a brunette, or a redhead. (laughs) Very good. Whoever the casting director said, there she is, the director said, oh, that's fine, terrific, you know. 
Uh, it worked that way beautifully. If it was a, a big film of some kind, then yes, I'd have to go in and do a screen test. And I sure didn't get a lot of jobs for the few that I got, you know. But nevertheless, um, it, it still is a wonderful business to be in because the stories that you are told. And I think what I learned most was that I, in the process of coming up in the business, stood on the shoulders of a lot of wonderful people that came before me that I watched and learned from. And that's that's respect for the people and the industry. Sometimes, Ruta, I wonder whether that still persists. Did you by any chance catch the last Oscars presentation? I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I looked did at that I and say I say more. What you if you would please, your reaction to all that, you're a star. You've been there, and then you see something like what unfolded there. What were you saying to yourself that you could repeat on the radio? I, I thought it was shameless. I thought that apologies were absolutely essential and necessary. And yes, they, they have come. Uh, but nevertheless, no matter how wild my sense of humor is and how accepting I am, I'm still very, very old-fashioned and principled, and therefore I hated what was going on. You know, I could understand that because uh, in part it's really generational. And in when you grew up, there were definitely uh, manners and protocols and things that were observed to a great degree. I mean, in, in your day, women in um, Hollywood were uh, taught how to walk, how to talk, how to dress, how to do their makeup, how to do their hair. Everything was aimed toward that, you know, as close to perfection as possible. And certainly a lot of that had to do with the, the way that you acted and the manners. And so much of that has just changed over time. And for those of us in the baby boomer age who are maybe a little bit older, it, it's kind of hard to uh, grasp how things have shifted in regard to just basic politeness. Suzanne, stop and think about it. This generation and the one preceding, we have been too accepting of horrible language from kids in the street from all kinds of misbehavior, we've been saying okay to all of this. And I, I, I don't know, I, I am wishing that somehow in schools, because it's obviously not being taught enough at home, I think our parents are depending too much on the schools to bring up their children. We are, we're forgetting the Ten Commandments to live by. And it's an oversimplification, but, but I think that all of this politeness and generosity and everything else really all lives in the Ten Commandments. And then, of course, the thing that really ticks me off is that the kids are not learning the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag in, in schools anymore. What, what, what are we, why are we allowing this? What's the matter with us? What is the matter with all of us who are the baby boomers and, and later uh, for allowing this to go on? Good question. And yeah, I don't know of a ready answer either. 
in terms of uh, yeah, we're going to need to ponder that. I just think that's one of those things that is a social issue and it comes up in each generation of my lifetime. That's for sure. And I'm no spring chicken. You know, I wanted to um, you've been in so many wonderful things, Rudely. My goodness there and favorably reviewed. It's one thing to be in them, but then to be loved and to, re- to be remembered for the performances you turned in. I've got one for you. Let me toss this one your way, Ruta. You were in a 1963 episode of the eternally popular series, The Twilight Zone. The episode was called A Short Drink from a Certain Fountain. And I thought, wow, you are remembered for that guest appearance. You were in this very memorable episode. Plus, you got to work on a Rod Serling gig. Was he around on the set to talk to or have lunch with, by the way? Oh, yes, he was. And he was a good friend. Uh, I don't mean joined at the hip good friend, but a nice friend that I had. And I would occasionally, if if I was in New York and he was, we would get together, you know, and go have dinner or something, which was most enjoyable except for one fact, and that is that he was a smoker. And when I say smoker, I don't mean a cigarette once in a while. I mean one did not go out that he lit another one. And it would drive me up the wall to sit at dinner with him and have to put up with all the smoke. But he was a darling man and handsome and cute. And, uh, you know, I I would have loved to have a romance with him, but I couldn't stand the smoke. (laughs) But but yes, he did come on the set. And thank you, Gary, for remembering that, because that was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, not just episodes of Twilight Zone, but episodes in my life. One of the nicest things to ever happen to me on a set was during that shoot, which was at uh, MGM Studios. We shot it there. Um, You know, there are the guys in the catwalks up above that deal with the lights and all of that stuff down on the set, and they lean over the rails and they watch all the action going on all the time. And after I finished a certain scene... There was applause from way up in the in the catwalks, and I looked up, and there were like 20 guys leaning over the rail, and they said, "Hey, Rudolph, good stuff. We love you. We you remind us of our favorite Carol Lombard." And I thought, <laughs> "Wow, those are old poops up there, you know, <laughs> that they're remembering Carol Lombard and comparing me." And I thought, "What a lovely compliment!" And to this day, it makes me smile when I think about it. Oh, that's great. As well it should. Going from, there's a, you know, when we talk about the the silver screen, the big screen, the small screen, looking back over your career, Ruta, you made the most of the abundant blessings you were given. You made the most of your talent. And it seems to me when I look back that you didn't mind, maybe I'm putting it the wrong way there, but TV didn't turn you off, nor did it seem to scare you off. It seemed that for you, it was yet another series of opportunities, and you claimed those, whereas some people in your industry and with your track record and with your panache might have turned their noses up and could have said, well, I'm not going to work on the small screen. Well, you know, you're so right, because an awful lot of the big movie stars, in quotes, were doing exactly that. No, 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 it's too demeaning. Well, thank God for that, because I ha- I worked constantly then. Then when the stars were the, the big jobs at, at Metro or Paramount or whatever, those 
films were waning, stepped into television series and whatnot in television, was the time when I said, I think I'll move over now and do some of those jobs that I don't want to take out on stage. And I went around the country performing in theaters, large and small, you know. And then, of course, uh, doing something on Home Shopping Network, which you know I claim to be the most lucrative time in my career, uh, were the times that I spent, uh, you know, with visiting with people across the, the nation on Home Shopping Network, which was wonderful. But I loved what a lot of stars didn't want to do, which were the game shows and the talk shows, because they introduced me, Ruta Lee as myself, not the cute young lady that was the mother of uh, three kids or uh, the hooker with the heart of gold and teeth to match, you know. All the parts that I played were wonderful, but it was such fun to be invited into people's living rooms or, or bedrooms or kitchens uh, as Ruta Lee. Uh, and, yes. And so I'm yeah. so grateful to the talk shows for that opportunity. Were there one or two talk show hosts that you thought particularly did a good job interviewing you? Oh, yes. Uh, well, of course, Johnny uh, Carson was, was, you know, probably the best. Um, I, I, I shouldn't say that. You know who was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and knew how to turn a, a boo-boo into a, uh, a laugh uh, felony, you know? <laughs> and I, I adored that, and that was Art Linkletter. Oh, he was very good. Yeah. absolutely marvelous with picking up on something and making it larger than it was, and it became a big laugh, you know? I, I, was, I liked his sense of humor. He, yeah. he once um, uh, was subbing for Johnny Carson, when I visited on The Tonight Show. And it was shortly after I had finished uh, the wonderful job of being the leading lady to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Peter Lawford, the whole gang. And uh, he sat with me and after the, the usual pleasantries. In fact, I write about this in my book uh, in more detail, but he said, uh, Ruta, you, you have just wor worked with you know one of the most interesting men in America, Frank Sinatra, what is it about him that, that women find so fascinating? And I said, well, Art, I can't put my finger on it just now. And the audience started to giggle. And he said, don't put your finger on it. Just tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the audience was really screaming with laughter. And he said, I think we'd best go to a commercial, which was live in those days. And he said, Hugh Downs. Uh, what have you got to tell us about? And it was for the home, the Hammond Organ Company. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, funny. So you can understand there was a 10-minute laugh there from the audience that they never could calm down. Oh, very good. God bless Art Linkletter. God bless Johnny Carson. Ruta, you know what? I found out only very recently that belying his cool cat image where he's so collected and so witty he can be hilarious he can be dry he can be very sincere occasionally he can be emotional with all of that in the way that the world appreciates johnny carson ed mcmahon told an interviewer some years back because ed's been gone for a while there he said that people don't realize how nervous 
and scared to death Johnny Carson was doing that show and making it look easy, but he would see his leg constantly in motion, holding his own cigarette there and lighting up another and trying to get through a show which everybody thought he breezed through, but actually he had stage fright from day one. I am well aware of that fact uh, because he, you would think that he would be just as breezy and easy off camera as he was on, and he wasn't. You had the feeling sometimes that he didn't like you uh, as a guest, and and yet I knew better than that, you know. Uh, but but it was he was somewhat um, reclusive and and curt, you know. Uh, then, but I I know that like if I were identifying with that myself, that he would be very pleasant if I ran into him anywhere in a restaurant or whatever the case may be. But but very um, very shy. Uh, which is surprising. And I remember before he even was doing The Tonight Show, he had some sort of a short-lived, I think, game show, I'm not sure, at CBS, and I was working there. Uh, Beverly Garland and I were the the two main girls on um, Stump the Stars, which was pantomime quiz brought to the California coast. Um, he was on a show there, and I remember that he was uh, very reticent to, to to mix and mingle in the makeup room or you know wherever you ran into all your people. But um, I I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could, but I can't. We'll go ahead and check that out. That's that's fine. The game show. It's a good segue too, Ruta, because. You got to co-host a game show with Alex Trebek, and I don't believe we talked about that previously when you were on no, the show. No, we didn't. To be able to work with someone. I thought Can Alex I... Trebek was not only an right. intelligent man, he was a class act. Before was Jeopardy a, a, was High Rollers. Tell us about High Rollers. Well, High Rollers was a, a, an easy, fun game that I had the joy of doing for over two years with Alex. And, of course, we had a great deal in common because we were both Canadian-born. Uh, I was from Quebec, and he was from Ontario, and uh, I met him for the first time, I believe, in the producer's office and said hello, and from the first hello, we were best buddies and have remained that right till the day he died. In fact, I was with Alex probably five days before his passing. Really? Uh, The most interesting thing about our relationship was that we, we had a great one, and you know, he, God bless him, did the foreword to my book. And one of the Uh, nice things that he said that was so true was that we remained best friends for 45 years. And he was married to a beautiful girl named Elaine. And that marriage didn't last but uh, maybe three, four years, I guess, I'm sorry to say. Uh, And then when they divorced, he married beautiful Jean. And they all remained very good friends. Elaine and Alex remained very good friends. And in fact, when Elaine married Peter Karras, it was Alex that walked her down the aisle to Peter. Now, is that about as Hollywood as you can get? <laughs> yes, that is. That's a great story. That's <laughs> but a great what a story. great guy and, and fun to work with. And of course, uh, well, 
he always lived uh, less than half a mile away from me, which is very interesting. So we, we could uh, literally borrow sugar or vodka from each other. <laughs> is the show to which you were referring, it was on ABC TV, I believe. Oh, uh, NBC. Called, who do you, I'm sorry, oh, NBC? NBC. NBC, okay, because he was on an ABC TV show, Who Do You Trust? Oh. There, that was one, but there was also... Um, I'm looking at, uh, oh, heck, there's a show called Earn Your Vacation. Oh, I don't remember that. Did I do that? No, this was back in 1954, and I'm looking for it because he was there, a, a game show host. He did it. This, oh, you're this talking hoodie. about, you're talking Johnny, about Carson. Johnny Carson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Alex. Um, no, we we're mixing up our, our topics here. Gary's looking <laughs> looking to see about the Johnny well, Carson thing while we moved. We all had forgotten the name of the show, and I was trying to dig it up. Who am I talking to now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's an amazing man, and also probably the the person who defined what it is to do late night talk. A lot of people today would rather have more comedy and less political discussion. And that's fine. I can understand that motivation. I like a good laugh, too. I mean, this the whole thing got started in the Tonight Show era with sure. Steve Allen when he Steve came Allen, right. Jack and, Parr before him. And, and, oh, then, yes. and Jack Parr, who oh, was a absolutely. very... Uh, Jack, let me ask you about him because he's one of those unsung heroes in my mind. People don't talk about him a lot anymore. And I think that's too bad because Jack Parr brought not only wit, but intellect. And on that show, I'm sure you agree, Ruta, he surrounded himself with intellectuals. I, I remember very little because that was very early on for me. But I do remember that he was uh, you know, tantamount to the, the one of the, the Olympian gods when it came to motion pictures and television and everything, simply because he was so knowledgeable. You're right. Yeah. And um, I, I remember I guessed it on the show in, I guess, New York. It must have been New York. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I was a twit that didn't know diddly squat, you know. But nevertheless, was aware that this was a, a very, very important man to our industry. And you're right; it's sad that he isn't mentioned as often as he should be when it comes to nighttime television. And boy, has that changed! I, I'm not happy with anything that's going on nighttime anymore. I don't watch. All right. I we well, guess what her time she she knew her cues i know she's She's right there we come to the bottom of the hour this is our one and only break as we talk with hollywood star ruta lee she is loved today and remembered for so much in her curriculum vitae there are lots of stars around it and deservedly so let's go ahead and take our break give us a couple of minutes and when we come back more with ruta lee and we're going to hear more about her wonderful book her memoir consider your ass kissed Now there's a sense of humor. We are Manson Mitchell. We'll be back after this short break. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. 
Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome back actress Ruta Lee, who shares a timeline about the stars of the silver screen, both large and small, from The Greatest Generation. On Saturday, Bridget Dengel Gaspard reveals how enlisting your many talented inner selves can help you accomplish your goals. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Ah, uh, welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, a very special guest, Ruta Lee. Second time we've talked to Ruta Lee about her career. She also has a memoir out. She has done everything from stage to movies to TV, every media you can imagine, and finally just sat down and wrote about it. It's called Consider Your Ass Kissed. <laughs> and you know, we talked about this a year ago, Ruta. So let me ask you, how have the book sales and book interest been going in the last year? Because I think we caught you when it was still fairly new a year ago. Well, you know, I must say at the start, it was one of the best sellers on the Amazon list, which was kind of wonderful. And it still maintains kind of a nice uh, little spot. Um, I've had some wonderful book signings in different places around the country. One of my favorite, of course, was that. Uh, Fort Worth, uh, Texas, uh, the Metroplex there, you know, which is Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth, uh, at my favorite theater in the country, which is Casa Manana. And it was so exciting that in cold, awful weather in March in, in uh, Texas, that the line went around the theater and around the block, and people stood like for an hour or more to get in. I am so flattered and dazzled by that that my oh. book title applies to anybody that has ever given a damn about me and that is consider your ass kissed i i came up with the phrase years ago and i used it on stage to thank wonderful people that had been very generous to the thalians my charity that i'd like to talk about and said you know when people have given me whether it's five dollars or five hundred or five hundred thousand what else can I say but consider your ass kissed? And I mean it from the <laughs> bottom of my heart. 
and I do to I anybody that. that would ever think of picking up my my book and and buying it or stealing it or whatever they might do. Uh, I'm I'm flattered and thank you and and may God bless you. Well, you had a lot of book sales to get that many people lined up, and I'm sure that the those lines were in many places and. It's wonderful. I'm glad that your book has been so well received. The other thing that we did want to ask you about, and we asked you about it a year ago, so I want to I want to reiterate what the what it is about, and that is the Thalians, because I just can't think of anything more worthwhile at this time, especially. But please tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Suzanne. I'd like to. It, it was the Thalians which is spelled T-H-A-L-I-A-N-S, after Thalia, one of the Greek uh, goddesses of muse. Um, she, she sort of headed up uh, comedy, and she also uh, took care of the stray lambs, which seemed very appropriate to a group of young actors, this is back 60 years ago, who uh, said, you know, we are tired of being called hard-drinking, pot-smoking, uh, sex-minded asses that have nothing to contribute to society. We gather around the piano and sing and dance and have a few drinks. Why don't we put something together, uh, a show, and, and invite to audiences to come sell some tickets and raise money for a worthwhile charity? And what did they do but send out the two hottest babes we had in the Thalians then, um, Mamie Van Doren, uh, Miss Big Breasts, and who topped her but Jane Mansfield. And we sent out both of these girls to find a good uh, charity to give our money to. And they came back and said, well, all the major diseases have been taken. But they discovered <laughs> that a wonderful doctor who was dealing with emotionally disturbed children, and he described one of those kids as a rotting apple in a barrel, that you've got to fix it or it'll destroy the whole barrel, hence the family, the neighborhood, the community, you know. And so... The Thalians was born, and, and we actually raised the money to put up the first building at the Big Cedar sinai Complex in Los Angeles, and it was the Thalians Community Mental Health Center, and we dealt with uh, cases from pediatric through geriatric. Then, some 50 years later, we woke up to the fact that we were missing the boat on something, and that is the mental health of our returning veterans, these beautiful young people that were so willing to put their lives on the line for us no matter what harm we send them to. And yet they come back to us and they fall through the, the, the cracks sometimes. And they aren't being cared for. And these are the people that deserve the best America has to offer. So we teamed up with UCLA's Operation Men. Operation Mend heals the broken and fractured bodies, and we Thalians are trying to deal with the broken and fractured mind and spirit of our returning young men and women. And uh, so I hope that anybody that's listening to us today, if they have a, a few dollars they can spare, Lord knows a lot of it is needed in the Ukraine, but if they have a little bit left over, please go to thethalians.org org, not com, but org, and you can read about us and contribute, and uh, just all I can do is say, if you do, consider your ass kissed. There you go. <laughs> I'm, and thank you for that, Ruta. 
I am curious, going back now, before the break, we were talking about actors and actresses that would rather not work television. They have their druthers. Druther do this than that. And on Was it Home Shopping Network where you had quite a lucrative career for years there? That I said, so you were years on Home Shopping Network with a product that my beautiful husband uh, had uh, sort of consulted on and found. And it was spray vitamins. And, you know, that that's the best way because I have heard, believe it or not, from the guys who clean the porta-potties and, and the, the johnnies, you know, for at events, mm-hmm. that they find more than pennies or, or gold or watches or rings, they find unmelted vitamins. Isn't that interesting? And wow. So spray vitamin is a very good idea because that way it's, it's absorbed in your system in 30 seconds rather than waiting three or four hours to be absorbed in your gut. Uh, but uh, it was so wonderful on Home Shopping Network, and they liked what I was doing, so they invited me to come back uh, and I did that for every one month a year, uh, a year, one month, a, one week a month is what I'm trying to say. Right. And uh, and and spent that time on the other coast from you, uh, in uh, Tampa, and oh, yes. Clearwater. Uh, so that's where Home Shopping Network is, and it was the most enjoyable experience, and the most lucrative because my darling husband made a deal with them that I was in on the home base, you know, with the, the product, because we brought them the product, and I got a little piece of it every time we sold. And it, it wasn't a big piece, but boy, oh boy, we sold so many that it was very lucrative and wonderful for me, and a great experience. Absolutely great, and I loved it. And I loved being in Florida for a week, and a month, for five years. It was really great. You fully embraced it. And to me, that's remarkable in another way because you were willing to step out and to do that. Say, yes, this is for me. This is a wonderful product. I would like to sell this. It will benefit people. It reminds me of someone who climbed onto a horse and sold aspirin. John Wayne was his name, the Duke, selling pain reliever. And other stars, I am told, looked at those commercials and thought, well, hell, if the Duke can be selling aspirin sitting on a horse, I want to get in on this action too. And some of the stars, perhaps they had been in Westerns or whatever their genre, they saw a commercial opportunity. And John Wayne kind of opened that door for a lot of people because this feeling was, if John Wayne can do it and they offer it to me, who am I to turn it down? Well, God bless him. You know, I mean, he was a forerunner in many ways. And uh, what a lovely man. I was absolutely crazy about him. And uh, he, he was of the conservative bent, as am I, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care what politics anybody has unless it's communism. I uh, will fight you tooth and nail about that. But beyond that, I, I, I don't care. Uh, but I, I loved him so. And uh, he was the kind of man that would, you know, put his arm around me and take care of me if we were at a, an event together. And what made me laugh like hell was we were somewhere together at an event and someone walked up to me and said, oh, Mrs. Wayne, I'm so happy to meet you. I've seen all your pictures with him and, and this is so great. Now, he was married to Pilar Wayne at the time and Pilar was this teeny tiny little brunette, this beautiful South American chick. 
and I no more looked like her than I do a turkey, you know. And uh, <laughs> right. it, it was wild, but I, listen, what a great compliment to think that somebody thought I was Mrs. John Wayne. That is, and I understand that John Wayne tended to favor South American women. We all run to taste in our various preferences, but I read that somewhere. One of the things I wanted to go back to in our last couple of minutes here was the movie that you were in with the Rat Pack called Sergeants Three with Frank Sinatra and Joey Bishop and Sammy Davis Jr. and, well, the Rat Pack. Uh, That group of people, was that just a a one and off movie or because they were kind of a tight knit group, was there any way that they would adopt you beyond the movie or was that, did you ever see them after that? And and I loved every single minute of it. And I do write a a little spicier stuff about it in the book uh, that we won't talk about right now. But I have to tell you that unfortunately they all treated me like their baby sister. And, uh, and <laughs> okay. I, I just think of the books I could have written about all the affairs I could have had. And, right. Uh, and it was Sammy Davis's job to walk me to my room every night, you know, because they would have the girls come up from Las Vegas when we were on location in Kanab, Utah, which is known as Little Hollywood. By the way, I have... Star on Hollywood Boulevard. I have a star in front of Cedar Sinai. I have a star on on the Walk of Fame in Palm Springs, and in Kanab, Utah, I have a hitching post. Isn't that fun? They did hitching posts there for for the stars that played there instead of uh, instead of sidewalk stars. Um, but anyway, back to the the Rat Pack. The most fun I've ever had in my life. We laughed that entire time of shooting. And, and Frank was responsible for many things in my life, and I'm forever grateful to all of those guys who never turned me down when I asked them to appear for the Thalians in our big fundraisers. Uh, uh, when I stop and think of the people that I asked to be our stars and to help us raise money, they, they filled our seats at the events with uh, nice warm fannies, and, and, uh, and they brought big wallets that they emptied into our coffers for the Thalians, which means that we helped a lot of people with mental problems as we still are our returning veterans. And I thank everybody. Excellent. I'm curious to know, uh, when we talk about the Rat Pack, I mean, it was Dean Martin who said of Frank Sinatra, it's Frank's planet, we just get to live on it. And he, he was the chairman of the board, as we all know. Could you contrast, please, with your personal interactions with them? Frank Sinatra's personality, we've discussed already in his charm, his appeal. But, you know, that Dean Martin was no slouch. And what a casual guy. He always acted like whatever was going on, he didn't give too much of a damn. He was going to have a good time either way. I think you've pinned it down beautifully. Uh, Dean Martin was also the diffuser of lightning quick to anger Frank Sinatra, which was just sensational. Uh, Frank would brook no stupidity, and he'd get really pissed about things. And and Dean would just, you know, come up with some sort of a funny line or whatever, and it would just diffuse everything, and everybody would laugh, and it would be great. Um, So he was wonderful at that. 
and he was a gentle, lovely man. Uh, I, I see his daughter in Palm Springs um, every once in a while. She's a wonderful entertainer in her own right, Dina. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you've ever had her guest on the show, but you should. She's a great dame. We'd love to. We would love to do that, yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. This second visit was just wonderful. We've, we've got so many good stories out of you. We also have 10 more minutes. No, oh, we do don't. We? Oh, Okay. I'm reading the clock wrong. Can you believe this, Suzanne? Bringing out the hook. Oh my gosh! Okay. Well, thank you, Gary. Thank you. I'm reading the clock wrong. Okay. okay. Well, now I can get rid, of, get to some of my other questions that Good. I had. There you go. I love the reminiscences, though. Yes. I mean, yeah, I do too. All the people you could work with. Now the Rat Pack. Okay, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Did you have the opportunity to get to know Jimmy Stewart very well? Not very well, but I did on occasion uh, travel on the campaign trails uh, with Jimmy Stewart. And you, do you know that on several occasions on the major airlines that we were on, whether it was American or, or United or Delta or whoever, I can't remember now, um, he would go up and fly the plane. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's right. That he was a World War II hero. Fabulous, fabulous man, and he was uh, one of our honorees at the Thalians. That's the part of our organization that I just can't get over, how we had, uh, of course, Jimmy came via Debbie Reynolds, my best friend. Uh, I, I didn't know Jimmy, and then I got to know him then and on the campaign trails and every once in a while. But he and his wife, Gloria, were just lovely people, and they lived across the street from uh, Lucille Ball. Uh, quite a neighborhood that I must say. I would say uh, when I was a kid, I would have loved to know where that neighborhood would, was because I'd go trick or treating. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> ah, yes. I, want, I wanted to ask you about early television with the couple Burns and Allen. You oh. did the Burns and Allen show, if I read correctly. It was a couple of times. A couple of times, and I must say that that was probably the hottest show on the air during those early fifties. You know. Or mid I watched I it. Say. It was the mid-50s. Um, yeah. they, they were so important, and I got a job uh, just beautifully. Uh, I was working in an itty-bitty little theater during high school uh, when uh, one of the producers at the little theater was also a, an associate producer on the Burns and Allen show, and he hired me uh, to play Sandy, which happened to be the name of their daughter. And uh, it was a sweet role for me, and I learned a lot just watching them and just watching their timing. You know, when you stop and think of how laid back, I don't know if you remember, you're probably too young, George Burns uh, and, and his cigar, his forever lit cigar, was sure. just so casual oh, he, about his Yeah, job. he took some good pauses I with that cigar. With that show, Ruta, I remember how hilarious the interactions were between uh, George and Gracie. I remember this cigar uh, eternally lit, as it were. And I remember every week he had to fire Harry Von Zell. Yes, yes. And, and it was a, a sweet company to be allowed into. I felt very, very privileged. And, you know, I write a little bit about this in the book, too. The other thing that was so nice was that 
they didn't treat me like some gawky little kid. They sort of included me in what was happening and, and uh, uh, sitting down and having a cup of coffee or whatever. Uh, and, and I was fortunate enough to be invited by the Burnses to their home on Maple Drive in Beverly Hills to great big cocktail bashes or parties that they would have. And, oh, I thought I'd, I'd gone to heaven, you know, when I was allowed in their lovely home and into their garden with the big pool and lots of gorgeous, sophisticated people around swapping stories about show business. And, wow, what an experience for a youngster like me um, to feel part of this grown-up, beautiful society. And I'm so grateful. And isn't it nice that I remember that? and so fondly. And then Gracie, unfortunately, died not too much longer after that, but George sort of remained in my life. And he would come to the Thalian events when I was beginning to get very involved and had been uh, you know, voted up into the board of directors and whatnot. And he'd come, he'd come to our events and, and his unlit cigar, but nevertheless the cigar in hand all the time, and kind of pat me on the ass as I went by and say, good girl, good girl, good job. Was and that the first so television grateful. show that you were on, Ruta? Uh, it was, I think it was the one that got me my Screen Actors Guild card. The first ah. show, if I recall correctly, was Superman. And then another one that I did was for our, uh, Fireside Theater that was an anthology kind of show. Uh, that happened to be produced by a man of Lithuanian descent, and of course I'm of Lithuanian descent, whose name was Frank Wisbar. And I think that was the second show, but then after that, the one that got me my Screen Actors Guild card uh, was this one. And wow, uh, so I'm forever grateful to the Burns and Allen. Being from uh, Quebec, I don't know if I want to say Quebec or Quebec, but are you bilingual? Do you speak French? I should be, but I'm not. Uh, I, I can get by in French when I go to, to France, uh, mostly by talking with my hands. But uh, I, I'm not bilingual. I'm bilingual with Lithuanian, which really comes in very handy, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right now I'm just begging everybody. My, my cousins are here from Lithuania. They arrived the day before yesterday. And the Lithuanians are quaking in their boots because those countries, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, are next in line by that SOB. Putin. Yep. He wants to take yep. back anything mm. that had ever yeah. been grabbed by Stalin, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to... Uh, <clears throat> please finish your thought. Well, I, I'm just... It's breaking my heart that all the leaders of all the free world are standing around wringing their hands about what's going on in the Ukraine, but nobody's doing anything about it. Everybody's so afraid of nuclear war. Well, I'm afraid that we're going to have nuclear war with Putin there no matter what. Uh, it's, it's such a tough call. It, it really is. Myself, it's just one voter's opinion, but I think ultimately there's going to have to be a no-fly zone there because Absolutely. you can't be... 
you can't be raining down death from the air with abandon like that. At some point, I think NATO is going to have to make the decision that this has to come to a halt. What is NATO waiting for? How much? How many more people have to die? How many more babies have to be killed? How many more hospitals have to be destroyed? I, I just I don't understand the the speed of of turtles that NATO or well every free nation is dealing with. Let's pray. Let's pray for them, those poor people. Oh. Yes, absolutely true. Ruta, I wanted to duck in something quick. We got just about a couple of minutes here, but let me mention this really quickly. It's how people work. You were in three episodes of a wonderful show. I still love the reruns when I can catch them, and that's Maverick. Three episodes, and here's what I read about how these guys did what they did. James Garner could deliver comedic lines with that wonderful charm of his, a charming man, if anything, an underrated great actor. I love James Garner. And it was said that James Garner knew how to deliver that line. He could be funny in front of the camera on the set. Otherwise, not so funny, maybe more reserved, maybe more opinionated. He admitted to having a temper. You know, he wasn't exactly a comedian when he wasn't in front of the camera. Jack Kelly, it is said, on the other hand, there you talk to him around the set, funny as hell, funny guy, but you get him in front of the camera, he couldn't deliver the lines with the intended comedy there. He just couldn't bring it across like James Garner. Did you see that kind of thing play out? Well, I saw that charm and comedy the whole time I worked with him, on the set or off the set. So I think maybe it was something he reserved maybe for the ladies more than he did for the grips on the set, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was adorable. He was totally adorable. And uh, I remember that Lois was pregnant at the time that I first met him. And I loved Jimmy because he had once been engaged to my best girlfriend at the time, who was uh, Barbara Stewart, who played Miss Bunny on Gomer Pyle. And Lord knows she did lots of major television and movies, but everybody remembers her best as Miss Bunny. And so as I had do. A lot Absolutely. Common. And of course, he was being charming and adorable and made, of course, his manly, lovely pitch at me, which I did not take because I laughed it off. That was the best way to handle anything. Uh, but I, I saw nothing but charm from him all the years that I knew him and, and thought he was too adorable for words. And I tried to get him for the Thalians, but he was very reticent about that. So hmm. that's uh, the only place that I remember him ever saying no to me. Except right. my nose, but he finally gave me nose, nose, nose to the Thalians, and I never did get him. Do you know that it took me 20 years to get Clint Eastwood as our honoree for the Thalians? We have got to talk about that next time. I would love to hear that story. We've run out of time, Ruta Lee. You're a delight, and I'm going to remember that story about Clint Eastwood, and we're going to get into that and so much more. Please say you'll come back again. Is tomorrow too soon? I love that. And we love Ruta Lee. Thank you, ma'am. It was a real pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day weekend, everyone.